Stand clear. 100% wild podcast. So for all you listeners, hello and welcome to definitely not your favorite outdoor podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, powered by DeerCast. This is episode number 259, if you can believe it. And if you are watching the podcast, if you're only listening to the podcast, you should really go over to DeerCast, check it out over on YouTube, check it out. We have a brand new set, brand new look, and a new logo, whole thing, new format. We're excited for today, and we got a special guest. Old man winner, Terry Drury. Terry, what's up, man? Not much. This is pretty cool, honestly. This is a, kind of a monumental event today. You know, you yeah. got a new set, and I'm honored to be on this set today. That's right. Pretty sweet. And, and you mentioned the people that are listening or watching. I'm still wondering why. <laughs> you and You're us one both. of them. You're one of them. <laughs> right. You're a closet fan. <laughs> well, and so I should say, if you're listening, it's also important to note that two of the three of us have collared shirts on today. Oh. That's rare. <clears throat> oh, I got a t-shirt on under it. I'm the third. Still, I'm I'm one of none. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a Van Heusen shirt in the back, right? Yeah, that's you can right. Slip that on any yeah. time now. But yeah, so the guys have been hard at work building this new set, and it's loaded with all kinds of bits from Jury Outdoors history, and it's kind of an homage to where we've been. But it's also got a little bit of high tech flair as to where we're going. That's Absolutely. right. So you know, when you look at it, he talks about the little bits of history. Basically, when we looked around the studio, we thought, what junk can we throw up on this <laughs> podcast set and this is where we landed so you look back we got heart attack which was a deer that you know <sighs> up, up in iowa mark's place that was really kind of famous during that period when they were after him indeed jared uh, they went on a shed hunt and i don't remember how this probably 15 years ago or at longer least. yeah it's been a while and uh went on a shed hunt and uh, back then mark had a big uh, big deal you know a bunch of people would come in on the team and jared lurk found it dead and uh, not far from the road if no, i recall about 70 yards yeah I think. yeah if i'm not mistaken and yeah. it, am i correct in that it was 28 inches wide i don't remember exact it, with at yeah. the time it was Top five, you know, yeah. would have been top five type deer in Iowa. So it, it's 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 a giant, honestly. Well, we were enamored with it, and so was Mark. I mean, he had video footage and trail camera photos mm. and all that stuff. And and this was one they were after, you know, because you get pictures of one like that. You obviously are going to, you know, kind of dedicate your entire season to it. And then they ended up finding it during shed season. And I think he remembered when it fell off the radar, you know, yeah. and like, I'm sure he did. Yeah, to the date. Yeah. But it disappeared, and, and he had, you know, feelings that it might have been poached or it might have got yeah. locked up with another buck, and yeah. and lo and behold, they found it not far off the road. Yeah, yeah. So a couple other cool things. Of course, this portrait, we've had Lee Jost on <laughs> the podcast before, and a, a very ex- was- <laughs> <laughs> we Lots of expletives. Yeah. We had to, we had to uh, provide a warning for that episode. because <laughs> Thank you for saying that word, because he keeps... I couldn't say it. <laughs> he couldn't say it. <laughs> mouthful. X, X. <laughs> bad well, words. He said a lot of bad words. <laughs> and this guy read. is so talented, but at the time, this was one of our, of our first, Mark and Terry's first photo shoots with Lee Jost, and back in that day, I believe he 
he was helping with Mad Calls. He was working on a new logo for Mad at the time and Jury Outdoors. He helped us create the Shield logo at that time. And this was one of the favorite moments. And he sent uh, he sent us this portrait or this canvas uh, after the fact. So uh, one of our fond fond pictures from back in the day. And we love Lee Chos. I mean, we're huge fans of his. His work is second to none. I mean, he's one of the best in the world in the outdoor Mm-hmm. industry. I mean, he's just, he's really, really extremely talented and, and his work speaks for itself. But besides that, he's a very charismatic, charismatic individual along with very colorful individual. Very colorful. I mean, he's one of a kind, but we love Lee. <laughs> bigger than life. I, I'm curious, Terry, do you remember what the motivation, like what, what you guys were saying, what was happening? Cause that's such a great It wasn't shot. what they were saying. It was what was being said to them. No. Oh, well, and we were, the banter going back and forth was now that you know how Lee is, it's even worse in the field. So <laughs> we were imagine. having a lot of fun with him. And, and we didn't want to be there. Number one, we didn't enjoy We never did like doing photo shoots, but we enjoyed doing them with Lee. They were fun. He made them fun, and that's how we got that that uh, smile Jeez. and that moment in time. Yeah, so we got some, some DOD neon on here, things, different logos from our past, and um, uh, – you know, just a, a few trinkets, you, our YouTube 100,000 subscriber plaque that we got from YouTube. Mm-hmm. And of course, on the sides, a, a turkey from King of the Spring. It was the, I measured the beard, I measured the spur. <laughs> that was Chad Kilmer's famous line from King of the Spring, the TV show that we did back in 2012. And that was a bird that actually Team T-Bird took. I killed it. It was the biggest bird of the year. We had a contest for the heaviest, right, I guess, right. the biggest bird per NWTF uh, you know, scoring. How much did it weigh? It was 25 pounds, if Holy I remember. Uh, yeah, and like 11-inch beard or something. I don't remember what the spur- spurs were, but... King of the Spring days. We never tried so hard to win one event in our lives, and Mark never tried so hard to, to lose, lose an event, and he still won. Yeah, <laughs> he, it, we. It was just tough. It was a tough <laughs> oh, year. It was bad, and yeah, it was really tough for Team T Bird. Well, Comstock and I both went. I think the entire season Without and killing. never killed a turkey. <laughs> oh, first time right. ever. So, but at first this time point, ever. I don't remember episode four or five, something like that. It wasn't going so hot for us. So <laughs> we actually this turkey. It was funny because. We go and and Chris, I'll never forget it. He had we had split up, and Chris was kind of going and looking for some turkeys because we weren't yeah. having any luck that morning off it the roost. Bad. And so he says, uh, "I have a, a Struder." <laughs> he spelled it wrong. I'll never forget. <laughs> he texted us that, and uh, we hauled butt and went over to one of his spots, and uh, we made it over there. And we were running up against the clock. Missouri season ends at one o'clock, mm-hmm. and. Um, I'll never forget. Dad says, you know what? At this point, the season's been going horrible. He's like, I'm just going to stay back here at the truck because there was, we had to go down and we had to to get down into a creek, Creek. fish our way and get kind of pop up. The odds were really not great. And uh, we had Aaron Bennett, Ryan Narup, Chris Comstock and myself slipping and sliding through this creek bed. And it was one of those deals that was really the terrain. Yeah. High, high. And so Chris snuck up, he peeks his head up over the the bank, and this turkey is within 10 10 steps. And so he, you know, I get the motion, I come up, and I'm, you know, slowly trying to get up, and I'm looking, I'm peeking, and all of a sudden the turkey's right there, and the scope, it's so close that it's like, the scope is filling up the scope big time. And uh, so we, we made the shot and killed the bird right there. And we were on, I mean, it was right before one o'clock. We were on cloud nine and we won the day, but uh, we lost, lost the war, so to speak. 
That was a that was a tremendous hunt. Wasn't that turkey maybe four or five steps? Four or five finally, steps. Finally yeah, he was, he was great drumming stuff. and he was yeah. you know strutting right into us, strutting if you strutting Struter. So it was fun. It was fun time. So that's uh, some of the set pieces we have. A couple deadheads that that Mark's found through the years. Some giant deer here. Yeah. And, yeah. and then uh, over here on this side behind you, there's a, a deer that we killed. It was the first deer I had killed. First buck I had killed since I had come back to hunting again. So I took about a 10-year hiatus there. And uh, we were sitting there at... Uh, uh, Walnut Grove. Walnut Grove, yeah. And what did we call him, Gnarly? Gargoyle. Gargoyle. Mm. And he, he stepped out, and uh, he's all screwed up. He was kind of limping, and he was obviously something was wrong with him. We, yeah. I, at th those days, we were shooting Thompson Centers. It was a single shot. Mm -hmm. So I hit him, and... Dad's like, oh, put another shell. He's running right at us. And so I'm trying to, you know, pop it open, put another bullet in the gun and, you know, get ready to shoot again. Mm -hmm. I, I'm like, where is he? Where is he? And he's like, he's right here. I look up and he's right below us. <laughs> so I, free, us. I just freehand put it up and shoot him. He drops in his tracks. Shoot from so, the hip. <laughs> yeah. When we got up to this deer, we talked about this deer in a podcast not long ago. Mm -hmm. He was, his body was so squishy. The mushy buck. The mushy buck. It you remember weird. that? It yeah, was nasty. It was very odd. Very yellowy when we went to kind of skin right. it and cape it and like all that. Like he had either been gored or something and it yeah, just had infected. filled up on him. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's a little of the history here on the podcast set. And, so basically uh, it's Matt's. No, just these two things. To nothing, Matt. nothing else. Just these two things. There's no Tim item. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Tim, what do you Someday. got? Tim's here. He's on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. that's good enough for me. <laughs> but our logo is new also. I, I'm really excited about the logo. Looks nice. Looks good. Kind of an homage to where we've been and also where we're going there, yeah, too. Yeah, there's a few, uh, as the kids call them, Easter eggs Easter in there eggs. <clears throat> for where we're heading with uh, with things. So, so where's Waldo kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, that's right. So we're excited mm. to, uh, you know, unveil this thing, get rolling. And yeah. uh, I think we have a new era of the podcast in front of us. Mm-hmm. Well, I do have something on the set. What do you got? All right. So, Matt, I know you and I have a little bit of an unofficial competition. I'm afraid Terry might get a little jealous at what I'm about to <laughs> show here. I don't think so. Look at that. <laughs> Someone found a shed. That's bigger than the one I found at my place. A little bit. <laughs> Just... I am jealous. I can't that's, tell you how many miles I've walked. That's the one <laughs> this, shed you got this, this year? This is what I came up with. I only got one. Year. I, but you got a deadhead, too. The whole I year? I did get a deadhead. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're committed. <laughs> Listen, we're hunting not the primo spots. <laughs> Walking the big woods. That's right. That's, well, and a lot of people make it look very, very easy, but boy, you can put on the miles. I mean, you literally, and it's hard to find them in a timber. It's not always easy. I mean, if they're not there, you're not going to find them. Mm -hmm. We had Booty on the podcast talking about kind of his methods to his madness because he finds some giants. He He's always been good at it. Booty has tremendous eyesight. Always. And uh, he gave us kind of a tidbit, a tip that we I had not heard before because you always hear south-facing hillsides. He was like the giants. He calls us the, the, slobs. the slobs. He's like north facing he's like the north right that was his mm -hmm. tip yep. and we actually had one of our listeners i saw on the rack pack on facebook that he, he found a big wasn't it a match set if i remember right uh i don't remember but, but it was he, a good size on a north north facing hillside like he used that advice and went what and found you know? 
I would agree to, with that to a certain point, and I think it really is very dependent on food and the weather conditions for that season. Mm. You know, if you got 18 <clears throat> inches of snow and, and, you know, 20 degree or 10 degree temperatures for an extended period when they're about to drop, often you'll find them on the south-facing hillsides. Yeah. Sure. But if you get these moderate temps like we had this year, you know, we were dipped down in the cold and all of a sudden we were warm again. And mm-hmm. we dipped down in the cold and it was warm again. They literally left my farm it was crazy how they just evacuated the place this year and i had food left over which never happens so oftentimes those get dispersed and you do find them on north facing hillsides but i kind of think it's weather dependent oftentimes it's incredible to me how there are so very few hard and fast rules with deer hunting there are always (laughs) exceptions always play the winds about one of the only ones Mm -hmm. (laughs) that you can pretty much try to stick to herb schultz play the wind right mess up and get lucky (laughs) (laughs) that was his line (laughs) well we've got some treats for the listeners and the viewers on this new kind of format we've got a new segment and we're kind of mixing things up with the sequence of how we do things also yeah so you know with this we wanted to you know there's DeerCast is such an important part of our podcast, obviously. And, you know, there's so many elements to it, but one of the main elements would be like the social feed and some of the great content that gets put in, whether it's from the fan shares, from the viewers and listeners, or whether it's our team members, or, mm-hmm. you know, some of the DeerCast, um, uh, you know, like Scott and, and Kyle Robinson and the people that help us behind the scenes with content yeah they put up some viral stuff in there so we're gonna do a new viral moment called uh what the real wild clip of the week yeah pretty cool so we're gonna jump into it right now why don't we let's do it so we're gonna react to the real wild clip of the week each week's gonna be a new clip and it's gonna be a short segment and uh this one's pretty cool scary all right let's see that beautiful bean footage All right, so we got a bobcat that just totally attacks an unsuspecting deer, basically at a feeder here, which I don't understand how that deer didn't see the bobcat coming up. It's snow-covered ground, so it's not like the bobcat is very camouflaged. It's sticking out like a sore (laughs) thumb. The deer's got its head down, and this bobcat's just kind of creeping up, creeping up, and then... Alan, roll that footage for us one more time. So as he creeps up to him, the deer's facing the bobcat. That's what I don't understand. Like, you can't... If you're a human, you're not getting that close, which it looks like it's a young deer. So granted, it looks like it's a younger deer, but the, then the noise, which I mean, it's just like that growl, that bobcat growling. It's crazy how he attacks or she or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We want to be, we don't, we don't want to assume a gender on a particular (laughs) animal without knowing for sure. Get canceled before (laughs) we get going on this new podcast. Who knows how that bobcat identifies itself. And and, and who knows what's going through that deer's mind. It may be thinking, this is a bobcat. It's not a mountain lion. But, st- but still, you think you think that's going through its mind? <laughs> Who knows what it's thinking? It just seems so un- unaffected by it. Yeah. What do you think, Terry? I thought the deer thought it's cold. There's snow. I'm hungry. <laughs> he's, he's into it. He really was clueless that the cat was even there. He was clueless. We're seeing it one more time here. I mean, and that the bobcat jumps on the deer's back and yeah. basically rides it out of screen. Yeah. So and you can tell. Go ahead. Crazy that they got it on trail camera like that. Yeah. Crazy to catch that kind of moment. Well, and when those claws come out of those sheaths on their paws, you can tell how effective they are because that deer just, or that bobcat just kind of hitched a ride on that deer <laughs> just with its claws. <laughs> Terry, remember that time we were at Dukem in Kirksville with Tommy and I jumped on your back? I think it was. Oh, yes. Dream I season. I folded season like a two. <laughs> folded like melted a, butter stick. <laughs> 
Scratched up your glasses. So it's a lot like that. Scratched up my nose. Broke Cat my... Fury. <laughs> That's attacks right. again. Cat Fury attacks. No, he was overweight at the time. <laughs> Those were my skinny days. I and I was that clueless. Back. I didn't know he was going to do it. He ran. We were walking across the street, and he ran, and he jumped on my back, and we just, Ooh. I mean, we landed right in the middle of the pavement. There may have been cocktails involved. Possibly. Yeah. When I was four years old, I remember seeing the, the, three, the, the three Stooges. One of them pulled the chair out. You know, the classic, pull the chair out from someone as they're sitting down. We were at a wedding reception, oh. and there was a lady going to sit down with her beer. And I thought, hey, I'll do what I saw the Three Stooges do. And I pulled that folding chair back. Are you lying? She went down hard. Like, Did your dad beat you? Well, <laughs> You did that to some, some other lady? I was four years old. Can you so imagine Bo, your son? Yes. I <laughs> yeah, he would totally this. do that. <laughs> yeah. Years later, my mom was telling me that this lady was talking about potentially suing us because oh, I think she hurt her tailbone in the process. And I thought, oh, this is going to be great. Like everyone will laugh. But then people were just terrified and shocked. <laughs> horrified. Somebody needs to feed that hurt. kid. Everybody <laughs> was horrified. Have you ever heard the story about my mom, your grandmother, telling that story that dad did that to her? No. Uh, so, maybe, yeah. Oh, my God. She was not happy. Where yeah. were they? Tell the story. Well, I, I wasn't there, obviously. This was when they were, I guess, dating or something, but the, he, thought, he <laughs> it was thought it was funny. Swoon. She didn't think it was so funny. That's or they right. were at a wedding they or something? They were dating. They were dating. They yeah, they were at a wedding. Yeah. Chicks yeah. dig this. She did this. not forget that. I mean, to this day, she's <laughs> yeah. still pissed over that. And if you, we've had grandma on the podcast this has been a while back but she doesn't hold back <laughs> her feelings <laughs> to say the least <laughs> so I yeah. imagine there's a lady somewhere in Grundy County Illinois that probably has like a bad sciatica <laughs> or feels the incoming thunderstorm <laughs> in her tailbone dang kid <laughs> Thought he was so, going to be funny. Listen, before we jump into more shenanigans here, one more story. Terry yesterday, I'd asked him to get his phone. He, basically, he's had the same phone forever. And Terry's an Android guy. And if here in these walls, we're not huge fans of Android people because they cause us a lot of headaches. Yeah, that's Technology-wise, the they cause us. The how many, dang, how many cameras is that thing? Well, Matt, with? I need several. You need a case. <laughs> I have one. I just have a Doppler radar. I almost <laughs> dropped it a while ago out on the pavement. I was like, damn, I need to put that in a case. <laughs> so I bought okay. a case. All right, so the story goes, he needs a new phone. We wanted to load. We're working on a new version of DeerCast. It's going to launch here soon. And it's awesome. And we've had a beta version that you know several of us internally have been testing. Forrest has been testing it there with Terry, but Terry having an Android, there's been some roadblocks to say the least. So I said, look, you got to get a new phone. You got to get this thing on there so you can have it before turkey season. And so finally yesterday, he's like, all right, that's the day. He's going to come up here today to do the podcast. I'm going to bite the bullet and do it. Well, I went to to one of the local uh, little towns close to where we live. Went in there, walked in to see if they had this particular model number. They did not. And I said, well, is there anywhere close to, I was talking about Merrimack Bluffs because I was going to run some deer sausage up to mom. Oberly dog for those fans. For those fans that have ever eaten Oberly Oberly dog. Yes, it's phenomenal. So we had some Oberly dog made, some summer sausage, and I was going to run some up to mom. So I said, is there any close to the Valley Park area? They said, we have a store there in Fenton and Gravoy Bluffs. I was like, great. Could you call and check and see if they've got this particular phone? They got one. They're going to put your name on it. Blah, 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 blah. I was Mm -hmm. like, fine. Okay. This was before noon. All right. This was 1130 or 12. So I go in there. We start the process. Okay, and I'm going to I'm going to shorten this story a little bit, but we start the content transfer. Okay, 
And it doesn't, for, for whatever particular reason, it didn't tell us what percentage we were on or how many more it had, how many more minutes it had uh, to go. It's like Deercast. <laughs> yeah. Who knows like what's the happening? Upload process. So yeah. this Deercast. thing goes on and on and on. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to run visit my mother and, and take this summer sausage over to her, the deer sausage. Uh-huh. And then I'll be back. I said, because this thing might take a while. Okay, so I go up to mom and I deliver the uh, the deer sausage and and she was tickled from had, a deer she killed. Yeah, these were deer oh, that cool. she killed. Forrest had trimmed them up beautifully, and uh, I had them frozen. Had the confirmation number, all the tag information, oh, yeah. dropped them yeah. off. Blah blah blah. So anyway, I get back from visiting mom. This thing's still transferring. Yeah, yeah. and he goes, oh yeah, it, it stopped. You know, it it crashed, and then I had to start it again. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So, long story short, it, it goes a little longer, you know, and it's still still transferring. And we're getting close to dinner time now, okay? This was, so I started at lunch, and Great. we're getting close to dinner. So, we got to know each other quite well, the, the guy that works at Verizon and myself. So, we go next door to Buffalo Wild Wings, grab, grab a beer. And Which some, I'm sure is standard operating procedures. And boneless wings. All right. And, and I'll be doggone if this stupid thing didn't didn't crash again. It, it got up to a hundred and some thousand images because I had all my pictures. I had all my deer pictures. I had everything on there and it got up to a hundred, over a hundred thousand. Cause he was like, you think it's going to make a hundred? I He's said, like, I don't you, know. Are you a deer hunter, sir? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? Are these pictures of your family? No, no. And all I'll, deer. I'll be damned if it didn't crash again. So he, instead of using that app, then he changed apps and he goes, so this is the third time now. Is his name Joe Tierney? <laughs> he goes, well, no, we're not going to be able to transfer all of your data, but we're going to be able to get your pictures and this, that, and the other. I was like, I don't care. Just just <laughs> do whatever phone. you got to do to get it transferred. And to make a long story short, I didn't leave that store till quarter after nine. So I started, we started the process at 11 or 1130 in Festus at oh a Verizon gosh. store. I finished at 915. <laughs> I was without a phone for eight and a half hours yesterday. And I can't tell you how many messages I had and blah, blah, blah. I texted blah. them during the day. This, I told these guys here at the studio, because we've been, everybody's been working hard on the set and graphics and everything, getting ready for today. This is kind of our drop dead deadline to be ready. Yeah. And I said, hey, I'll give you guys a heads up. When, you know, I was leaving the, the office and said, I'll give you a heads up when I talked to dad. And I texted him. He ne- never replied. Finally, that night at like a nine o'clock, I texted mom. I'm like, is dad, did dad get a new phone today by chance? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, why are you trying to get a hold of him? She's like, let me call him. And uh, she calls him. She texts me back. She's like, OMG, wait till you hear this story. <laughs> you will not dad, believe it. And then I sent you a text. Like, I said, call me. Call me. <laughs> well, I had just, I mean, I literally had just walked out the, out the door when she called me. And, and I said, you're not going to believe this. I, I've been nine hours trying to get this content transferred from my old phone. I come to find out the processor in the old phone, and Matt made a point. He said it might have been a, a cryptic file or something that may yeah. have stopped it. Troubleshooting. Yeah, he, does. He, he needs to work at Verizon with my buddy over there. I work at Deercast with Tim, my buddy. Yeah. But I was, I literally was, I'm, I'm not technologically advanced anyway. So, so, take that back. So I was extremely Hold frustrated when I left Verizon. Hold on, I do have something for that. But y'all don't say that. <laughs> Taking offense to that. I'm surprised that at some point you just didn't say, all right, give me an iPhone. 
screw it. Well, <laughs> no, I was going to leave both phones there. I was going to leave both phones there, and then it went transfer complete. I was like, hot damn. So I, I was just getting ready to walk out the door, and I'll be doggone if it didn't crash again. And I was like, oh, What God. kind of mood were you in last night? I was pissed. I'd even pissed <laughs> I was pissed. <laughs> So uh, uh, I ended up going home with a phone, and half of my stuff is not on here. So, so the guy it goes to it goes to stop the last time, and this is what the guy says: "You want to punch me right now, but you won't. <laughs> you want to buy me boneless wings right now? You probably did we just become best friends. <laughs> yep, we did. We did. I got his number. I got all his contact info. So, uh, hey, guess what? He's trying to develop and launch an app. Did you tell him? Don't, don't, luck. I, don't I, do I, it. I tried to. I hope told you him gave him." career advice <laughs> i said you're not going to believe how expensive it is and how many problems you have and the maintenance and yes. i said don't do it so anyway uh, so now anyone texting terry if you get a who dis response that's why <laughs> he does not know who you yeah. are wow well yeah. i'm glad you got that we'll get you set up with Deercast today please that's you'll the be whole a big reason boy. why but yeah. I, you know i've got security cameras boy. I've got security cameras at my office, security cameras at my home, security cameras at the lake. All that was on here. None of it's on here. So anybody wants to go. go Road trip. Stop. Stop. And go. then all of my He's reconics kidding. pictures, we had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of reconics pictures in there. They're, they're somewhere. Forrest still has them. Thank, thank yeah. God. Well, the reconics app still has them. Yes. The annoying part is those are pictures that you have saved. already saved yes. from the app. And we medita or tagged them, so they were all in chronological order. Well, the good part, though, is because of the way that the newest version of the app, they're meta-tagged in there, and you can go to the tag of the deer and filter all those Well, deer. I wasn't able to update the latest version of the app because my old phone didn't have any rooms. <laughs> oh, well, it's a new day for you. Yeah. It is a new day. Moral of the story kids listen to your son don't wait until your phone's five years old wait mm -hmm. until it's two years old get a new one yeah or all of be us a can, real man and get, an get iPhone. a new phone every yeah. two years <laughs> i hear you but if you just go when we we have a group text with terry and they're all green <laughs> because terry and iphone people know this they're either blue or they're green what's green mean you got a loser in the midst <laughs> you've got a non-ios user <laughs> and that means any videos you send are going to be compressed to all get out. Well, yeah, uh, when I get them, they look like crap. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> well, that's our crap on Android segment. <laughs> but it's, the, according to those guys, and they sell both, they, they couldn't say enough about this. They, oh, they some of camera. my friends that are in the tech industry, they will only use Android. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know there's reasons why you have them, but uh, we're, yeah. we're here, we're all you know, creatives and they all, we all have Apple products. Every computer we got's an Apple and like the way to share content back and forth, airdrop, it makes it so much easier. Well, and, and in all reality, the Android and the iPhones operate just a little bit differently with the, yeah. with the app. So it's nice to have somebody that actually has an Android so we can see what it's doing. Sure, because Terry. Forrest and I will sit side by side and we may get a little bit different information. Listen, let's not, let's not go down that path. <laughs> It's a winding, winding path. Yeah. But tr it's true, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and depending on what towers you're pinging off of, as far as your weather information or your weather data. That is true. You know, you want to make sure that we have a comparison and We're how the functionality and all, all those, those things with the new version of DeerCast going to be pretty But it helps us. Away. It helps Daddy. us improve the user's experience by having someone that's. That's right. You are a portion of our consumer. UX testing. Old 
Android. Well, you, <laughs> you know that you if we weren't in boxes. this line of work, I'd still have a flip phone. <laughs> yeah. Listen, the DeerCast clock is off from my VCR clock. What's up with that? <laughs> so we talked last week with our friends from Analogics about what is the best way to kind of get your deer through this in-between time between mm-hmm. winter mm-hmm. and spring green up. It's curious kind of what's happening on your property right now that, that you're doing to address that particular gap. Well, we're still, and I usually wait until all the antlers are off. And for the most part, the majority of them, everybody's seeing a, you know, a straggler here or there that might be packing both sides or one Uh side. But every year we wait until the antlers are off and then we mow down whatever's remaining. Uh, You know, if there's some residual when it comes to corn or beans or anything that might be standing. We just did our burning process with warm seasons. Mm, Sure. We went through a, a big, big production trying to get all the warm seasons burnt. You know, picked up a few sheds there, providing a spot for the turkeys to strut. You know, mm-hmm. they love those burns. So we've got that that pretty well mastered. Uh, doing some soil sampling right now, checking on our clover fields, making sure that we've got the uh, the right mixtures as far as the, the uh, soil's concerned and mm-hmm. making sure it's in the right condition, pH is correct, because it does matter when it comes to that palatability, you know, what food plots they want to get onto. Those new plantings are always good because they're sucking so many nutrients out of the soil, sure. and a new planting is always a big, big drawing card. So therefore, you want to make sure that all your other food plots are, are kind of in check. So we've been doing a lot of that. Uh, Forrest is also moving some stands, moving some blinds. He and Ben moved one yesterday Mm -hmm. and uh, doing a bunch of trimming. So I don't know if everybody else is still in deer hunting mode here in turkey season, but we are. I mean, we just do not let up. It's 365 for us. And we'll have one or two deer in mind that may or may not have made it through. The ones that did make it through, you're already running it through. Okay, where can I kill him at? Mm -hmm. That's why the Reconics app is so important in tagging those to look at that chronological order where was he at during daylight hours on what days mm-hmm. and then where did he go where's he walking to and from where's he bedding where's he feeding where's he bedding where's he feeding on a daily basis and and becomes because early season is so much different than during the rut and so much different than late season you have a different approach and that's what we're setting up for now some of our early season spots sure so we're really really cognizant of where those deer are moving on clover Mm-hmm. And are then, as the season progresses, we're in there hitting beans and or corn and, uh, and then how we're going to approach those. So it's, it's, a big, it's a big time for us. Everybody else is turkey hunting. We're, we're still deer hunting. You to know, me, it's kind of – it's fun to like – because deer season is so many months away right now. It's fun to be doing some, actively doing something to benefit your deer hunting in the fall. I think it is because that's the difference between killing them and not killing them a lot of years. You know, it's yeah. being prepared and really having a, a, a foolproof plan. Now, those a lot of times can go awry. You know, it might be foolproof in the beginning and you go, man, I don't know what happened. I mean, we never saw him. He never walked by. <laughs> it may have been kind of like your season. Uh, thanks, Dad. <laughs> I was talking with my buddy Tony about shed hunting, and I was like, I don't care about keeping the sheds Obviously. to me it's just i do need to flaunt like i will flaunt it but do you need some magnifying glass <laughs> listen we can't all pick up 80 inch sides <laughs> nope <laughs> case in point but to me like the shed hunting is only interesting as still insofar as i know who's still around what's the potential for next year's season i don't need more antlers around my house I just, yeah nah. well, and to to the point i made a while ago you can't pick them up if they're not there and and those warmer 
you know, warmer seasons, like we warmed up early this year, you know, and we're starting to get green already. And I know down in some of the southern regions, they're full bloom on a lot of their foliage already. But if you get an early uh, season or early spring, they just vacate. I mean, it takes no excuse for them to start going out into those pastures and picking up those, you know, those new shoots, those legumes and some of the things that are popping up early. Yeah. And, it, and they have it doesn't take much reason for them to leave that timber that you think they're going to be in. They're just not there. So you can't find them if they're not there. They're dropping somewhere else. And this year was really, really odd for us. All of our good spots, they weren't in. I mean, they just weren't there. Historically, where I mm-hmm. find sheds year after year after year after year, they weren't there this year. And we still spring. found a light. We found a lot, but they were in different spots. Yeah. yeah. You said it warmed up, but realistically, it cooled off. It warmed up. It cooled off. It warmed up. It Every cooled Thursday, off. it's yeah. 70. Yeah. But, but to a whitetail, that was a warming trend. They can withstand a day or two of cool temps, and then when it warms back up into the 60s or 70s, depending on where you're at geographically, mm-hmm. uh, they can withstand that. To them, it was a pretty mild, mild winter and mild spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We want to help our buddy Patrick out. All right. So let's get into the question of the day. The question of the day is proudly brought to you by Victory Archery. Victory Archery, the carbon arrow experts. Easy for me to say. I'm curious to see what Mark and Terry Drury's opinion of double cropping, as some people call it, is. Double cropping. If if I'm understanding the question, I'm assuming he's talking about either rotation double cropping, meaning you would either, you know, harvest your corn or beans and then follow it up with wheat or, or oats, or he's talking about planting beans internally within the corn, That's which, it. which we do that quite often. And I love doing that. I absolutely love it because number one, the beans kind of add a little bit of nitrogen back in for the corn. Mm-hmm. And it also gives the deer security cover when they're nipping the tops of them off. And that also leaves your, your destination bean fields alone. So how do you actually plant that? We, we'd either go through and plant the corn first and follow it up with beans because like that's mean, like right then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And we, we do it all the time and it, it takes pressure. It takes food pressure or browse pressure off of the beans that you're wanting to hunt. And it also gives them security cover where they can go right down the rows and you don't care if they eat them or not. You know, you sure. actually want them it's to. It's a bonus. It's a bonus. Huh. And once their bellies are full, they may leave some corn alone as well. You know, you're trying to get their bellies full. So they leave your corn alone and or your, your bean food plots. Okay. So we do it quite frequently. I love the idea. I love doing it. Love the technique. Don't you guys also like put uh, biologic Mm -hmm. in in Mm -hmm. rows and was it corn or beans? Which one or both? Well, we'll do it in beans usually. And a lot of that time we'll overseed (laughs) because you plant it in the fall. So any place that's browsed down fairly heavily Uh where you know you're going to get some sunlight in there. And we know right before rain that it it might drive those seeds down in there because that biologic seed, so much of it, the maximum and and, uh, winter bulbs and sugar beets, so many of that, those seeds are real, real tiny. Mm -hmm. And it don't take much to get them down into the, get seed to soil contact. So we'll put it right before rain and then get pretty good results there where once the bean browses, you know, the browse pressure eats all the beans and you got biologic left coming up through it. You wouldn't do that with like clover, would you, and corn? Mm, no, no, probably not. No. no. Patrick's question was two minutes long. Oh, you just, you just <laughs> highlighted it. I, yeah, I tried to, tried to cut it down a little bit, which is great. Like if folks want to leave us a question of the day, it's awesome if you can make it pithy. What else did he want to know? Was it something besides the No, he, he just kind of went into his scenario, and, and that was like what he was thinking about was planting two different crops at the mm-hmm. same time. Thank you, Patrick. I think it's a great idea. If you're trying to you know, maybe save some of your other food plots, it gives them a reason to be in security cover and, and feed on nibble on those beans. Nibbles. Nibble. Nibbles um, and bits. I was curious what 
you were talking because the session, the uh, segment was sponsored by Victory Archery. What what arrow are you shooting right now? Well, I'm in the process of changing because I'm changing bows, but mm. was okay. shooting at 400. Okay, Rip was it called Rip? Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Victory, right? Rip right through them. Yep. I love them. Absolutely love them. Is it is that a micro diameter or is no. it the, the regular? Far shoots a micro diameter. Yeah, I think yeah. Mark does too. Don't you? Yeah, yeah. Standard. Well, okay. So, what's the what would be the difference? Why would you go to the the, the larger diameter arrow versus micro diameter? What's a pro? I'm not shooting much poundage at all anymore. So it's all about kinetic energy and power stroke and draw length and all the other things that enter into it to to you know find out what that velocity is finally going to end up. Mm-hmm. But I'm shooting extremely low poundage and. And I go Doug Hutchison, uh, one of the best people on the planet. I, you know, I usually set my bow up with him each and every year, and he kind of guides me through the process. And I don't have to worry too much about overspining or any of that stuff because I'm shooting very little poundage. But he kind of helps me on what size and what weight and all sure. that jazz. Sure. So, <laughs> and it's I'm not exactly ripping up the velocity meters. What? I'll tell you, you know, chronograph. Well, that's the great thing about today's bows is you just don't like you don't have to pull a whole lot, and you still get a a good amount of energy transfer into the arrow. Well, plus, speeds. you know, you're basically waiting for them to be 30 and in. Yes. You know, so yeah. you're not taking I'm, 50 That's exactly shots. what I'm doing. I don't feel comfortable taking those longer shots anymore. Yeah, yeah. Not that I can't do it. I just I just don't want to do it. You know, I'd rather wait till they're, I call it dead zone. When I know they're dead, that's when I'll shoot them. Sure. Probably wise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Save yourself a lot of heartache. It's a good feeling, too, when you say, you know what, I'm not going to take an ill-advised, and a lot of guys can do it. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I respect those guys that can shoot, you know, Levi, yeah. uh, he, he can shoot it. But, you know, when you go and you, you make a, a disciplinarian move and you say, I'm just not going to shoot unless he gets in my roundhouse. Yeah. It's a good feeling when they get in there and you go, he's dead. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it, it's also, I think it, it says something about your strategy that you were able to get within 20, 25 yards mm-hmm. of that, of that animal. Mm-hmm. I know fire 50 arm. for some. <laughs> Firearm season. You could go back through the, through the years and look at many of our firearm shots, but because so much of what we have, our setups are set up for archery tackle. You know, all those shots when you got a big deer in there at 30 yards and you're shooting with firearms, it's like chip shot, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all right. Some, some of us need that too, <laughs> even with a gun. All the help we can get. That's right. Well, let's bump over into the wildlife word segment. Ooh-wee. It's brought to you by Hunter Specialties, makers of the DOD Signature Series of Turkey Calls. And uh, our, our boys, Jim Richmond and Jeremy Kerber, went down to Texas to hunt some Rios. Oh, did they? cast contributors. Yep. And they, uh, they brought their the signature series with them, and they tore up them birds. Good, good. Those are good guys, too. They, they do great work. One of them is better than the other, but <laughs> on the whole. Which one do you prefer? Together, it's not important. Jim or <laughs> Let them fight that out. <laughs> right. <laughs> They'll have to be the determiners of that. So right now, have you started, because, you know, this is when it airs. We're in the first week of April when this is airing. Missouri season starts in a couple of weeks. Be here before you know it. Have you started getting out any of your calls? Have you started? Hell no. He gives no, us the look. I'll do it maybe the evening before. Well, or the morning I get ready to go. I'll throw one in and go, boy, this sounds like crap. <laughs> and I'll blow it anyway. 
<laughs> it's I just don't know. your fault. <laughs> I'm not, and I, I shouldn't even say this, but I'm not as ate up with turkeys as I am with deer. I, I live, sleep, oh, you drink, too. eat whitetails. I always have. have. A love fest. Now, if, now, I if was he starts a, shooting turkeys with his bow, then it's game over. He will never do that. <laughs> if I was, you know, an accomplished caller like Mark and Stoltz and Walter Parrott and Chris Parrish and all and Matt Van Sice and Billy Yargis. If I could call like those guys, I'd probably be more ate up with turkeys because yeah. they're just that good. Yep. I mean, yeah. it, they are the difference makers between killing one and going home empty handed. They really are. And I've seen them do it a million so that's times. That's our problem. We're not difference makers. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Go home empty handed quite a bit. The key to... is to invite them one to one of those guys to come hunt your place. Yeah, well <laughs> I'll I you. gotta start learning how to call at some point. I'm forty one. <laughs> I can use the box, I can use this, late, you know, the, the the pot call, but man, that mouth call is really tough. Last year I tried to focus in and use it more and more and you're practicing, but it's just not good enough to use in the field. The hardest thing I think in our lives is finding time where we are not completely disturbing someone's peace with our practicing. Yeah. Well, basically it's the truck ride to and from work, but even that you annoy yourself. (laughs) Really you are, you're disturbing your own peace in in a little bitty truck. You know, it's like, all right, this is horrible. (laughs) What's that man doing in the lane next to me? (laughs) Dog cussing yourself. I think he's uh, practicing to be a puppet, a puppeteer. Uh, okay, the wildlife word this week: multiple choice. As per usual, uh, the outside sheath of a turkey's spear, a spur, Whoa. is made of. God, who gets you? They're armed this year. The outside sheath of a turkey's spur is made of keratin, but what's inside? Sure, it's not creatine. Spur? Pretty sure. <laughs> Okay, continue. <laughs> is is it A, chewy nougat? <laughs> B, spongy blood-filled tissue? Hmm. C, bone? Or D, sensitive nerves? What's inside a turkey's spur? We always let the guest go first, Terry. I got to go with A. Chewy nougat. <laughs> <laughs> You've been missing out on a treat. That's where the drum, the drumstick uh, ice cream. Sometimes comes from. they're missing. If you've noticed, a spur's missing mm-hmm. on a turkey. Yeah. Another turkey already nibbled it off. <laughs> they're chewy nougat. We got more nibblers. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with bone. See, it's probably B, isn't it? Bone saw is ready. <laughs> it's bone. Okay, look at me. You win. Oh, Although well, I really... Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you have an audience now. A relatively live studio audience. I just went like this on my leg, and I gave him the answer. Okay. <laughs> just like school again, huh, Matt? That's Yeah, Terry was in class with me. <laughs> a lot of wrong answers given over time. <laughs> no advice. Wrong so, answers. So what else you got? Poor choices. Well, not much. I... <laughs> I was giggling to myself thinking, or yesterday was I was writing the show sheet. Chewy nougat. <laughs> and I picked it. <laughs> I mean, it sounds delicious. I would love it. He is a candy case. bar fan. Loves the nougat. I mean, <laughs> mounds. Who can blame him? Nobody yeah. loves mounds. What's wrong oh, with mounds? Well, Almond the Joy. The Almond Joy is the That's superior. Good too. Yeah. But, mounds uh, is dark chocolate. You no, know, with the lie. The, the, the oh, lie Scott likes mounds. Candy bar Losers. is. <laughs> The Milky Way. It's I a like t- Milky Way. Oh. All right. We need Payday. to move along. Payday. I can, yeah. Producer can Matt's rolling over back there. Like He wanted us to shorten with the new show, <laughs> shorten our format. Here we are telling stories about nougat. 
on top of King of the Spring, <laughs> Dream Season 10. Reminds me of a story I have about a Werther's. <laughs> Werther's original. <laughs> Terry almost went down the path. The Chewy ones? <laughs> the Chewy Werther's? There is no Chewy Werther's, is uh-huh. there? I don't know. They've got Are them they? now. Yeah. Oh, soft. man. It's software. I can't wait to be an old guy. People. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to be an old guy. <laughs> We're excited about Chewy Werther's. Humans. <laughs> I don't need to take this. Well, luckily, it's almost over. No, like we have early adult onset like ageism because like I think we're we're gonna be excited about hitting that point. Someday. My mom likes them. Okay. Uh, Next week we're talking about tapioca. <laughs> Nobody likes tapioca. What's wrong? You with take tapioca? that back. <laughs> okay. We yeah. There's on. nothing. You might as well be an Android user, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) Go home and watch my murder she wrote on VCR. But y'all don't say that. (laughs) All right. How about we welcome in our newest Rack Pack members? Uh, You can hop on to Facebook and search 100% Wild Rack Pack, and we pop up, answer the membership questions, and we might let you in. And then Tim provides me a list of names to read. I butcher them every week. There's a fake name somewhere in there. It could be one or five names because of the way I pronounce them. Let's uh, let's go ahead and get rolling here. Kyle Steffens, Max Fuller, Anthony Myers, Katie McKezzy? McKezzy? Katie? It looks like McKeezy. McKeezy. Art Cherry Range. <laughs> Art Cherry Range. Art Cherry. All right. Ryan okay. Westbrock, Jordan Coates. How are you supposed to say that, Tim? Because yeah. it's some way to make Old fun of Archery Range. God damn it. <laughs> this is BS. I don't know. Barbecue last, last Art, week was pretty good. Tree range. Sorry, I just popped. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say that. And what kind of viewership do you have? Low to none. <laughs> I feel it declining. If they're Perfect. on, if they're still listening by this point, they're they, true They're going, fans. I'm out of here. These three monkeys. <laughs> no, this is the good stuff. <laughs> Uh, and he said the best for last. Right. And a super dear caster, Brad Odom, uh, hopped on. and uh, I love Brad. Yeah. <laughs> Brad's the reason we're all here. He's, he really is. <laughs> he has been uh, a day one deer caster. He says, uh, you guys really set the bar with the podcast from working class bow hunter to T-Bone Travis Turner. You've had some great outdoorsmen on the show, and I really enjoyed listening to these guys. And Chris Parrish seems to be an amazing person and a great outdoorsman. You can see his passion for the outdoors. I'm glad he made time to be on the show. Guys, keep up the amazing work, and good luck this coming turkey season. Amazing. Well, he's he's 100% accurate to that. I want to give a big shout out to T-Bone. Oh, yeah. I've been staying in contact good, with him and he's, podcast. he's working hard. There is no, uh, one individual with more of a positive attitude than he has. So best of luck to our buddy T-Bone. We love him and, uh, just hope he continues doing well, going down the path of recovery and rehab and, and, uh, just can't say enough good things about him. He's best in the industry. Yeah. Bar none. A lot of people would, you know, would turn inside themselves rightfully so in a situation like that thinking could you, know, you imagine i i just just can't and here he is out inspiring other people 
in the light of his, you know, of his major challenge with with having a, a leg partially amputated, he did the single best thing I think you could possibly do, and that was he attacked it and he kept a positive attitude attitude throughout. He just he approached it differently yeah. than most people would, and I, I we just love him. Hell, Absolutely he's been catching him. fish and he's getting geared up for turkey season and. It's hard to, hard to stop the man. So big shout out to T-Bone. Everybody continue those prayers. I mean, they're heartfelt, and he's he's much deserved. All yeah. right. Yeah. Wow. Well, First podcast in on the new set. It was Wait, epic. Nothing, nothing blew up. <laughs> Terry. Rolling his eyes as he says epic. <laughs> Listen, uh, it was cheek. something. We did talk about deer hunting for a little bit. We did work it in. That's the only part that people will listen to. We can maybe tell them in the show notes where to go. (laughs) Here's the timestamp for real material, real real content. (laughs) Everything else is... Nothing real worthy, I'm sure, here, but... uh, Nougat talk begins at uh, 23... Nothing worth anyone wanting to promote it, but (laughs) we're still here. Here's a tidbit of information this time of year, because turkey season has already started in some of the southern regions. You literally could pull audio files of Matt Van Sice and Billy Yargis and some of those guys calling Stoltz and just let it play for an hour. Ooh, that's like <laughs> an orchestra. Listen to it more than this. You're saying I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah pretty good idea. I do have to say <laughs> Try thank that you for about five minutes. I do have to say thank you to our friends at the First Baptist Church in Kabul, Missouri. They invited me down for a wild game dinner. Oh, great! We had bison. I ate my first bobcat. No, it was, was good. It this one back here that we just saw on the real, sure real wild. Someone, someone took it out. I saw it riding a deer around town and took it out. <laughs> I didn't know that you could prepare bobcat. I didn't know that they did. I... Yeah, the, a, a guy down there traps them, like traps a lot of them. How was it? And it was a little chewier than I expected, but it was, <laughs> but it was still good. Tastes like chicken. <laughs> <laughs> did it taste like chicken? No, it was more pork-ish. Ah. Uh, but still good. The old chewy yeah. pork. What do they? What do they have? Like raccoon, Mongolian raccoon or something? Oh my god! Pass. I took a bite. You're making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's too late time. to go to lunch. There's got to be a place around here. Thirsty. <laughs> oh lordy! But uh, we had a great time down there with those guys. It was, Mongolian it was a fun visit. Raccoon and bobcat. Yeah, and yeah. bison and venison and mule. I would have stuck with the bison burger. Hard to beat a bison burger. Say that. Hard to beat a bison burger, folks. <laughs> Brought Any to you by bison burgers. Any rattle, rattlesnake? No rattlesnake. No. It's the Ozarks. So you just, I mean, you never know. There could be a possum dish in there. They call them <laughs> yard dogs down there. <laughs> There's a lot of different kinds of meats. Oh, well, it's about lunchtime here. I guess it's yeah, time to call her a day. Go out and see who's serving raccoon. <laughs> I got buffet just down the street. <laughs> uh, okay. Right. Well, next week is episode number 260. Thank you, Tim. So, I mean, when we what, say it that way, we don't yet have a guest. You're not supposed to tell people. Listen, that. I'm getting ready to go to the Bass Pro. So this week, this will air the week after we've been to the um, the big uh, world fishing event down in Springfield, Missouri, for Bass Pro. So I'm hoping to talk. We're supposed to have dinner with Kevin Van Dam and a couple other guys. So I'm thinking maybe here soon, if uh, mm-hmm. if their calendars and schedules permit, we can get uh, a stud like KVD on talking. I'm talking a little fishing, give us some tips here coming into the spring. And, and many people may not know this, but he's an avid hunter as well, Huge. which is how we got the relationship going. We started talking a little bit of fishing, which we don't do, and a lot of hunting, which he does do. So yeah. Yeah. it was, it's a so, cool, kind of so a cool it's a one-way conversation. <laughs> but it's a neat conversation to have with him because he's one of the best fishermen Terry, in the world. Terry, don't short yourself. I've seen you fish many a pond there in the farm. 
during uh-huh. spring turkey season. 202 Zepco. Zepco. Mm-hmm. Classic. 303 when you step up. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe some I'll there. tell you one quick fishing story, and I, I didn't know that I even did it, but we were in the, uh, we were fishing the flats down in the Gulf uh, off of Tampa with uh, Hot Rod Gillis back in the day. And it, this was a guy that was, uh, they did the song Slow Ride. I don't know, remember, oh, remember that take song? Take it easy. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. we were fishing the flats down there, and, and I caught a grand slam of whatever. I, I had no idea. And he said, Dude, you know, the, there's people that fish an entire lifetime and don't catch what you did in one day. And so wonder what it was. I have no idea. <laughs> you, sure, you sure they weren't just being nice to you? No. Oh, hey, Terry, look Terry, at they treat him like special. No, Stoltz can vouch for that. He was with me. Oh, okay. No one's caught three eels in one day. Look at that. <laughs> it, was, it was quite an experience, though. Did you get sick? No. Uh-uh. That could you? ruin Tell, what did make me sick, we bid a project in that we were low bidder on, and we left a bunch of money lay on a construction side, and I got the phone call while we were out there, and I, I wanted to throw up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I should have been at work. Yeah, that's <laughs> what you get for fishing. Yeah. All, All right. right. We've had enough, Tim. Well, everyone, we hope you like our new home. It's your home, too. You're stuck here with us. We need more questions of the day, more subscribers, mm-hmm. more uh, reviews. Backpackers. That's right. So we need more. Everything. Better guests. Share it with your friends. <laughs> well, need better guests. We definitely need better guests. <laughs> $200. It's $200. $200 is $200. Bye, guys. All right. Thank you, Terry. You're quite welcome. I enjoyed it. it. What a great set. set. Looks awesome. You guys right. did a good job with it. Appreciate it. Till next time. Peace out. See ya. The results are in. DeerCast said great. It doesn't exist anywhere else but in DeerCast. Hunters love DeerCast's exclusive deer movement forecast. Get ahead of your game with DeerCast.